Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. There's no market. If your guy's not signed, if you think you're waiting for your deal to come down, it's not going to happen. You know, they've offered him $2 million a year, and he's like, oh, I think I'm going to get two five. You haven't gotten two five yet. You better take the two, or else you're not going to get the two. It might be one five. Exactly. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, we're in yeah. studio together here at Circa. Uh-huh. You've been in Las Vegas for about a week or so. You know, You've been doing your restaurant tours, buddy. How we doing? We're doing good, and I've got cameras in here. Check it on you. <laughs> yeah. But I think you've got competition in your love affair. I really do. I think you're going ha- to have to up your game. You're going to have to send flowers. You're going to have to buy diamonds. Because your boy Danny O from the Worldwide Leader, this man is going He's at it again. Your- he's at it again. I mean, he's at it again. Like... First of all, let me get it out there. He's firmly entitled to his opinion. Mm -hmm. I disagree with every tendential statement he makes from the beginning. I just want to know that. I want you to know that. But he's entitled to it. Just like I'm entitled to mine. We all are. Right? He sees a game completely different. But this Justin Fields love of, like, he is trying to come in there and elbow you out. Like, he's like that guy at the prom that won't let you dance with your girlfriend. Apparently, man. I don't know what I, I – I figured that I was going to be on Fields Island. I have Bears fans supporting me. You know, they're saying, hey, when we will make a run, will Lombardi apologize to you about Fields? And then here comes Orlovsky. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's he's due to have two MVP-like seasons in the next year. Like, what tape is he watching? Same thing I ask you. Like, what are we seeing? He averaged 22 passes. He fumbled 16 times. They're the, they're the last team in the league in point differential with the Colts. And yet the Colts threw it 35 times. The Bears threw it 22. All right. He doesn't have great skill. I got it. I got it. I got it. The guy's not a great thrower. Like, to just say he's going to be an MVP. Like, But again, this is coming from a man who does not have Joe Montana in the top five quarterbacks in the history of the game. Like, okay, like that's like one of the worst statements you could ever possibly make in all of sports. All right, let's just put that out there. Like, let's just put that out there. Like, this guy needs to go to Canton and sit down and watch Montana's career. It's It's tough. That's a tough statement. Uh, I, I, I've seen Mont- I was not alive during Montana's prime. I, I was alive during his KC days. Uh, I've watched Joe Montana play. They not have even YouTube. I would say that. They Your have generation loves yes. YouTube. I we, mean, you YouTube yeah. everything. I mean, like everybody has YouTube. Dominic YouTube. knows how to get to YouTube. YouTube. I mean, like, University. why can't he just watch the comeback against Cincinnati or the first win against Cincinnati 
up there or when we dominated Miami and he won the MVP and he didn't even think he played good at that game. Read the right Thompson article on the guy. Like, go back to watch Notre Dame when he has hypothermia and he comes out of the goddamn in the Cotton Bowl and he takes the, takes Notre Dame and, and wins that game. Like, how about that? Like, like, at some point, you can't just keep making outlandish statements like this one. But anyway, I digress. With that said, I think Fields has a big year this season. Okay. I had to get that off my chest. I know you had to get that off my chest. I just think, okay. to me, I'm worried about you because this guy's coming after your girl. No, I'm a little concerned now. He's as well. coming after your concerned. girl. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to do something here. I mean, you remember, like, you haven't gotten to this season, but you know, Tony when he dumped our, our, his girlfriend, his guma, and then the, you know, like the the uh, the councilman, he started dating. Tony went over and beat the shit out of him because he didn't want to mess him with his stuff. I, I'm not saying you need to go beat up Danny O, but you're gonna have to do something here. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get the. Everything comes back to the Soprano. There's everything can come back to that. So I've I've gotten to the part where Tony, uh, he's he says, "Hey, look, we got to end this thing up." That she tried to kill herself and all that stuff. Oh, you're in season three now. I'm totally. I've been working. Oh, good. I've been working on this thing, man. Now we're still early on in season three because tournament. She's the tournament. It was a little bit of a hiccup. I can understand. I I have to admit that the tournament was a little bit of a hiccup. That's four days of all basketball. I know you've caught the basketball fever down here in Vegas. The sports books are alive, so it was hard. I had to put it off to the side. But tonight we're back at it. I think if I could get like. Like if we could have a top five GM shuffle guest list, Annabelle Sciori would be on my at least in the top five because there's so many questions to ask her about all that. But anyway, I digress. That's she real. would be. She doesn't. You know, she doesn't put her. She doesn't talk, so it's hard. Anyway, no, we'll we'll, we'll get back on track here. So football, the, the NFL, you know, it, it's quieted a little bit, but we've started to see some of these moves now with the free agency. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson last night, we were asking when's he going to sign, what's going on with that situation. He leaves Philadelphia, signs a one-year, $8 million deal with the Detroit Lions. And I thought it was really interesting because his agency put out the tweet. I think it was Universal Sports Management or or whoever reps him. Uh, Apologies for not getting it. Yeah, Universal Sports Management. They tweeted, perception versus reality. One year real versus three years fake. Which sounds better to you? One year deal equals $8 million. Three year deal, $24 million max with $17 million plus in year three. Which one are you taking? And then they put a mic drop at the end of that tweet there. Uh, What do you think happened with the CJGJ situation now going over to Motown? I think the agency misevaluated the market. I think it's pretty clear. I think every guy now that's signing a deal, whether it's Gardner Johnson, whether it's going to be Dan, uh, whether it's going to be uh, the tight end for the Cowboys, Dalton Schultz, Dalton yeah. Schultz, whomever it is, is just misevaluating the market. I mean, when they left the combine, there was a strong feeling from teams to agents that the safeties were going to make a lot of money. And, you know, Jesse Bates is really the one who got it. Look, Ken Byard, Kevin Byard, who's trying to, they're trying to cut his, but we've said this two weeks ago, people stole it from us, but no big deal. Anyway, you know, they're trying to cut his salary, right? He said 14 million. He's a really good player. Nobody, they don't want to pay him 14, you know, and he doesn't want to get cut because the market's not going to give him 14. He's kind of in between, betwixt and between there. You know, what do you do? And I think this happens every year in free agency. Teams misevaluate the marketplace. I mean, excuse me, agents misevaluate the marketplace. And then they don't they don't panic. This is where I think Rosenhaus, Drew Rosenhaus, the agent, it does a really good job. And here's why: Rosenhaus has a sense of the market. Mm-hmm. He kind of knows what he's got. It's hard, soft, all that. He knows exactly. And when he senses the market's dropping, he makes a deal right away. 
He, he doesn't hold out for that, well, somebody's going to come along. He's not a bus stop agent. He's not waiting for the next bus to come to him. He's getting on the bus that's got cash, right? So he's going to get the money. And I think some of these guys, they don't. Look, Gardner Johnson goes back. He's got Campbell was with him at the Saints. He's got Aaron Glenn. So they're comfortable there. He's a good player. But there's a lot that goes to Gardner Johnson that's harder to deal with. On the field, off the field, he's kind of a volatile guy. He's not an easy guy to coach. Doesn't say he's a bad guy. No. He's not an easy guy to coach. So those guys tend to have a hard time getting paid. He's he has like this chip on his shoulder, and I think yeah. you've seen that at previous stops. I know there was the incident with Michael Thomas at a practice when he was with the Saints, and Michael Thomas threw a punch at him. I mean, if he, one of the Chicago Bears wide receivers in the game, the Saints Bears, about three four years ago, threw a punch at him. So obviously, he likes to chirp. A little yeah. bit. And that that's probably what makes him the player he is. It, it gives him that edge, and he kind of gets into guys' heads. He, he's as good as anybody at getting underneath your skin, but maybe that also teams are a little bit weary of that as well, giving him a big dollar contract yeah. over a number of years. I, I think he's probably hard to coach. I think he's probably not willing to just accept. Like, if he hears something, he may challenge the coach. I don't know that, but I just get that sense. And that, and that becomes a problem. And I think, to me, he's a good player. He made the Eagles a better team this year. He did. You know, they lose Johnson, they lose Epps, two good players for them in the secondary in the safety position. I think what they wanted to do was keep Gardner Johnson, but when that happened, they decided to give the money to Slay and to Bradbury, and they're going to go on with life. I mean, this happens. You can't take it personally. Yeah. Look, that's the you're playing poker. And mm -hmm. if you if you over if you blow your hand and you overguess your hand or you think you gotta you get burnt, don't it's not it's not can't blame the market. You got to blame yourself, right? Yeah. You got to sense 100%. where the, what's it real. You know, is to me is Jesse Bates worth sixteen million? I don't think so. I think it's a ridiculous contract. I think it's a mo one of the most. I mean, I know he had four interceptions. He had eight passes broken up, but I don't go to the stadium and say, "Oh shit, we better not." It's not Ed Reed. No, I mean you're paying the guy like Max Crosby or a pass rusher. You can't do that. They don't impact the game from back there. Yeah, Atlanta had a lot of money to spend, so I guess they had to spend it on they somebody. They had to spend it, yeah. But it's, yeah, I would not have done that deal if I was the Falcons. On the Detroit side of the things, though, they've really improved their secondary. There's obviously a lot of buzz about the Lions. This has gone back to hard knocks. People have fallen in love with their story. They seem like they have a good group of guys with them and everything. Now that you add Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the mix, uh, a coaching staff that's familiar with him, the Lions are the favorites now in the NFC North, at least according to the betting market, and I think according to general sentiment. Are you in on this Lions team, even though we're still early on in the offseason? I, I, I'm going to wait and see what happens. They got those two number ones in the draft. I think, you know, that's going to be a really telling point. Do they get yep. a corner in the draft? Because they really need a corner. Mm -hmm. You know, and if they're going to try to change their defense, they need to get a corner. But, yeah, look, let's face it. I mean, right down the top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now in the NFC. I mean, I would have never said this two years ago, but Jared Goff's better than Matthew Stafford. Yeah. And they, and they got Goff as a throw-in. <laughs> How crazy is that? I mean, think about and that deal. Now, when you judge that deal, the Rams say, we won the deal because we won the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. No doubt. Yeah. I get you that. But in the long sustainability, you know, I mean, you got to think this. So, yeah, I'm not down on the – I mean, you got to – I mean, look, who's going to beat them? Green Bay is going to be in this in this Aaron Rodgers matrix for a little while, right? <laughs> matrix. It's a good word for it. You know, and then, you know, what, what Minnesota, they're changing their team. They – they can be better on defense. Chicago, they got the MVP guy there. So who knows? I mean, like seriously, <laughs> it 
it's wide open in the NFC North, I think is what we're saying. And I think it's going to be a really interesting division, though. The Eagles, though, on their side of it, they've lost a number of guys. They've lost Javon Hargrave. They lost Epps. They lost their two leading tacklers, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. They've, they're starting to leak a little bit of oil here this offseason. On the flip side, the Dallas Cowboys have been active in the veteran market. They make the trade for Stephon Gilmore last week. Then Sunday morning, they make the trade for Houston Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Dallas and Philly feel like they're kind of on the same level now after just about three weeks or so of this offseason. Yeah, I mean, look, let's start with Houston on this deal. They go and give Cooks like $39 million last year. Like, that was Devontae Adams' deal. Like, what are they doing sense. in Houston? Like, I mean, look, I like Nick Cesario, good guy, know him really well. I have no idea what the plan is there. I have no idea what they're doing. You pay this guy, like, I, I, I was thinking this driving to work today. I wish I worked for an owner like the, like the Texans owner. If Al Davis, if I would have given some player $39 million over two years and had to pay him $6 million to leave, like, he would have not hung me because that would have been just too he, – he would have, like, had a – like, He'd had like a firing squad with semi-automatics shooting at me. Like there would have been like unbelievable. Like how do you get away with this crap? At the end of training day. Like how do you get away with it? Like how do people like like and, and they just people just move. Oh, we traded him for a five and a six. You just gave him forty million dollars for two freaking years. You paid him more than Devontae Adams gets. You're paying him more than what Justin Jeff. I mean, like seriously. Now you just give him away. Is he a good player? Okay, he's a good player. You know, he's small, gets hurt quite a bit. He's got great speed on the outside, not great with the ball in his hands after the catch, which is shocking, right? So these are all the things you knew. I mean, you, Nick had him in New England. When New England got rid of him, it was because not great with the ball in his hands after the catch, small. You know, can you pay that much for the guy? But I, I don't know. I mean, look, I think it's the perfect fit for Dallas. He gives him an outside mm -hmm. vertical threat. He's not going to be the guy that they're going to rely on. He's going to be their, their Cooper to clear the defense out. I think it's a great move for them, and they're only paying $12 million. I still think that's high for the kid. Well, high. But, but Dallas needs it. They, they need that vertical threat. I think. But for Jerry, for $12 million, they can lower his cap number, redo his deal. I just, to me, it's just like, how do you keep making these bad deals if you're Houston? Like, like I, the one deal that blows, like, why sign Case Keenum if you're not going to dump David Davis Mills? Like, like, what are you doing? You're signing a veteran guy when you've got Mills who could be a backup at cheap number. Like, why would you devote that money into Keenum when you got, like, what are we doing? Apparently Keenum is good in the locker room. It can help groom a young quarterback. That's probably the angle. I would they get imagine. rid of Mills. Yeah. They get probably, rid of Mills. Trade get Mills. Mills. They get rid of Mills. Maybe they will. I don't know. But to me, I don't get, and then they pay Tunsil this huge contract. Yeah. So congratulations, Laramie Tunsil, by the way. Yeah. Hell of a deal. I, yeah. I mean, who didn't play well last year. I mean, you know, they're going to get something out of him. I don't know. It's going to take a while. Well, let's talk about some other big money deals on the other side. We'll take our first break. This is the GM shuffle with Michael Lombardi. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second round playoffs have been unreal and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's get to some big name free agents getting big dollars over the first week of free agency. And one that we saw just yesterday on Sunday was longtime Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen leaves the Vikings. I mean, he's Mr. Minnesota, played Division II, Division Three football over there in Minnesota, went to the Vikings, undrafted free agent, hell of a story. Uh, but he's starting to be on the, on the back nine of his career. But he signed a three-year, $25 million deal with the Carolina Panthers. Michael, do you think this helps Carolina and whichever young quarterback they bring in with the number one overall pick? Well, I mean, look, Thielen's at a point where he needs some guys around him to be a good player. I mean, he's going to be able to catch the ball, convert. Can he separate and get open? I think he's going to have to be more of a slot receiver now for them mm-hmm. uh, and kind of do that. I, I mean, when you hear this number, I'm trying to see if I could find his contract because it doesn't – I don't think they – I'm not sure that, you know, when you look at these numbers, you say, oh, wow, they paid a lot of – you know, this could be a one-year $8 million deal, basically what it could be, or a $10 million. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It, it's certainly not $25 million. Yeah. It's a one-year deal that they spread out for whatever, eight or ten, somewhere in there. But he gives them an inside slot receiver. They're still going to need an outside guy. I would think they would still try to sign DJ Chark. That would give them an outside vertical threat, you know. And and like I said earlier on the podcast, that at this point you better do a deal. The market's drying up now. The market's not great at wide receiver, even though there'll be twelve receivers drafted in the first round. You know, twenty. <laughs> this probably should be twenty. I mean, we had a guy on the podcast. See, uh, we had a guy on the Lombardi line. A month ago, I was laughing about this, and I asked him how many first, how many number one receivers there are in the NFL, and he said, "Oh, between fifteen and 20. I've asked like four head coaches that question since then, and they all looked at me like I was doing drugs. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, fifteen? Like maybe people, five? Maybe five? Yeah, people confuse answer. production with yeah, being a number exactly. one wide receiver. That's why they have fifty receivers going in the first round. So, yeah. I mean, look, they need to get a guy. They still need to get a guy. That's the problem with free agency, Femi." is when you sign a guy and you still need a guy. Mm. That, that, that's the fundamental question you should ask yourself is, if I sign this player, do I still need this position fixed? And if the answer is yes, and you kind of massage it a different way, you're just wasting money. And if you're like, okay, I trade for Cooks, I give him $12 million. Do, will, will he give me a vertical outside receiver? Forgetting durability, the answer is yes. Okay, you sign Thielen. Will he be our slot receiver? The answer is probably yes, right? You know, and so like you overpaid for him, but would we be better off getting Y or Z or developing a young player? That's the hard part. That's where player development comes into all this. Well, I think the interesting question is that do you think teams go about this of saying, okay, let's try to get that guy and get that need in free agency so that we protect ourselves in the draft and we don't need it on draft day? Yeah, but, but, almost, then they, but you paid money for it, so you yeah. can't get away from it. Yeah. Like you can't reserve. The, these are the guys Parcells would refer to as progress stoppers. Guys that stop progress. Like if you have a good young player on your team, you know, and and you feel like you need to get him some reps, 
And for whatever reason, you bring in an older player, that stops progress. Doc Rivers is the master of, of if you ever want to take a course in how to stop progress, spend a week with Doc Rivers and just understand how he operates. And he can define how to stop progress at a moment's notice. And he just, he can kill it. Like he just comes in and all progress will end when I arrive. I'm surprised Maxie was able to even shine as a player. The only player. reason he had because as Churchill once said, fear does the work of reason. Doc had to play him because he was fearful there was nobody else, so he had to play him. That's the only yeah. that's the only way progress stoppers get eliminated. But there's you know like for some reason now he's been playing Paul Reed. I I don't know who's making him do it. If they've got to give him a cigarette and a blindfold or something and said you got to play Paul Reed, but I mean like but that's what happens. And so when I hear these names like this. Yeah, it helps you on the depth chart. It gives the coaches some sense of comfort. But as Al Davis used to say all the time, you make sure those fucking coaches know they're not the general manager. Like, he wanted coaches to feel like they were high school coaches. Like, he wanted them to work and develop the players as opposed to spending $10 million for a veteran receiver who in December might not be good enough. Yeah, coach the team you got. Nobody else is going to come here to that's save right, you. That's right. Yeah, he didn't mean it as a disrespect to high school coaches. He meant it as a way to, we got to develop talent from within. You know, like, where do they get that guy from? Look, if you're Thielen and, and Jefferson's getting all the balls, you should have had your best years, but he didn't really because he's kind of on the downside. That doesn't mean he can't play, but the money is too great. and You get worried about it. Yeah, last season, Thielen, 70 receptions, 716 yards, six touchdowns. Definitely, And he played all 17 games, so he stayed healthy. But you could see that K.J. Osborne kind of felt like he was taking over yeah. as the number two guy behind Justin it Jefferson. It takes longer to get open. It takes longer. Yeah. to. There's no separation. And it's kind of like, you know, and you say, well, where's the, you know, the quarterback's got to see you open, you know? And, and look, Carolina, they need they still need an outside receiver. Look, they got a good team. I mean, they do. I thought the Miles Sanders signing was really good for them. Foreman, who the Bears signed, is a good player. The Bears signed him for three million. He only got three million, but Foreman is physical man. But he that that wear and tear on his body. He's not practicing Monday through Saturday. He's he'll play on Sunday. Probably take a shot to play, but there's going to be injury risk with him as the year goes on. Whereas like you know like some of these other guys, Miles Sanders, they paid a lot for him, but they got him a good player. Let's take a look at some of these other guys who have gotten big deals in free agency. And I want to start with the offensive tackles because we always say that offensive line play, it's it's sparse around the league. Like there's the teams that have good offensive lines, they're not letting those guys go. And we saw three tackles get paid. Mike McGlinchey went four years, 87.5 to the Denver Broncos. Jawan Taylor to the Kansas City Chiefs, four years, 80 million. And then Orlando Brown to the Cincinnati Bengals at four years, 64 million. These Guys, are they impact players here, or do you think that teams kind of overspent to try to shore up some holes that they had? Well, there's no doubt Denver overspent for McGlinchey. But, you know, look, they they got, you know, San Francisco basically said, look, we're not paying McGlinchey. We'll rather pay Hargrave. And you say, well, they have Trent Williams. Well, they have Armstead. They've got Kim Hall's contract coming up. They got Bosa they got to pay. So they had no problem paying Hargrave. So they had no problem putting more money into a position they give give to. I mean, I thought the Orlando Brown deal was interesting because Orlando Brown was like up until the first or second day of free agency, he's still calling teams looking for twenty million. He got kind of bailed out by Cincinnati, and he had to take the sixteen because there was at least the agents understood there was no other money out there. If he didn't take the sixteen million from from Kansas from Cincinnati, I don't think he was going to get anything. But look, I think when you look at some of these deals, like Tunsil just got paid a ton of money at twenty nine years old. 
right? I mean, I think Ronnie Stanley's contract with the with the Ravens is one of the worst contracts in football. He's been hurt every all time. the time, all the time, and the, and this twenty one million cap number. So for me, you know, these sometimes you pay this out of need. I thought Jawan Taylor in, makes the the Chiefs a better team than what they gave Orlando Brown. And he's only 25 years old, and he's ridiculously young. Uh, Second-round pick in the 2019 draft, so uh, that's still some upside there for yeah. Juwan Taylor. We know offensive linemen, they can play into their 30s if they're quality players there. You mentioned Hargrave going to the Niners. That was a big deal. That makes them damn near unblockable out there in San Francisco. What do you make of the Chicago Bears, speaking of a young player, sending Tremaine Edmonds, and we all forget that he was, I think, 19 years old or so during his draft or whatever, so he's only 24 years old now signing the deal. There's guys in this draft that are older than Tremont Edmonds. Edmonds, he's four years, $72 million to Chicago as they invest heavily at the linebacker spot. And why do they do that, right? So Ibraflus' defense is about speed in the front seven. It's not about size. So he's trying to get as many fast guys in the front seven at mm-hmm. linebacker because he plays zone a lot. And when you play zone a lot like he does, you've got to be able to cover a lot of area. It's like a, it's, Think of it as a basketball game. You need length and you need speed and quickness when you play zone. And so that's what he tried to do. He put resources. But like you said earlier in the show, I mean, they've got to put money. They've had to spend money on guys. I mean, they they were so – Chicago and Atlanta were two teams that were significantly below the cap that they had to spend money on. on they had to get to this or else they were going to get in trouble. So they, they put a lot of money into it. Look, it gives them speed. It gives them more athleticism on the field, which they need to play his style of defense. It's almost a bummer if you're a Chicago Bears fan in that front office because you have so much money, but there were no big-time, big-name free agents at like the, the valuable positions. Like There was no big-name wide receiver out there. Right. There was no corner that you wanted to go ahead and get, no pass rusher on the edge or anything like that. I thought that Hargrave might have been something that they should have looked into. Apparently, they didn't want to pay that price or didn't value it to I that I mean, extent. even if they wanted to pay it, San Francisco paid him like they would have, yeah. and he would have gone to San Francisco. I mean, why situation. go to Chicago and get double team when you go to San Francisco? Get I mean, once San Francisco entered into a defensive line, if you're a defensive lineman, wouldn't you want to go to San Francisco? Yeah, makes Like I said, I'm going to get single block the whole game, right? So why not? Yeah, it definitely makes your job easier because Bosa gets all the damn attention. Well, they all <laughs> do. I mean, Armstead gets a t- – I mean, somebody's going to get single blocked, right? So why not go there? And uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure Chicago could even have got. But you're right. I think your point's well taken. There's just there were no real legitimate free agents this year. Now what you can do, so you know, once they spend to the threshold, they can take their cap room and dump it in the next year. So they're not. It's not like you have to spend it. You don't have to eat all the rigatoni. Yeah. Like you can push it to another Save meal. A little bit. We can get yeah. some leftovers next year. They're always good. <laughs> the leftovers are always really good. And that's honestly one of the reasons why they probably took on DJ Moore at his contract number because Moore had the big deal, and it's like, hey, we got a lot of cap space. Bring it on over here and yeah, have and, a number and, one receiver. And, and, and what did they do? They didn't even redo Moore's deal. Like the, most teams that would trade for a guy without a bonus, right? Mm-hmm. They would typically with a huge paragraph five, they would take the paragraph five, guarantee it, and then spread it out over three or four years so that they could lower the cap number. The Bears don't need to do that. The Bears just put it. So the Bears are like Oklahoma City was when they were just trying to collect picks in basketball. They'll take on bad contracts. Yeah, all those albatross contracts. Yeah, come on, come on. Especially if they're for one year. Yeah, it's what the Browns did with the with the Lufthansa heist with with Osweiler. I mean, that's what they did. I forgot about that one. Jeez. They just, <laughs> we'll give you the pick or whatever and or to take that on. And Osweiler, he's a legend at the bank. Shout out yeah, to Brock Osweiler. He's the Lutana heist. There's no yeah, doubt. Yeah, hell of a hell of a guy there. Uh, but I think free agency, though, just now that it's starting to wrap it's up. It's over. It's <laughs> pretty much it's over. If you don't do a but, deal now, you're not getting a deal. 
But, like, like if you're Dalton Schultz, what are you doing? He just saw Gasecki. See, what happens is this is where the franchise tag becomes dangerous, mm-hmm. right? So I franchise you, and you have this number in your head, and you play on the franchise. The next year, I don't franchise you. You still think you have that franchise number. Well, the market tells you what you have. So Gasecki's out there looking for 10 to 12. He doesn't get it. So he's got to settle for a one-year deal that gets him eight based on incentives, right? And so what's Dalton Schultz going to do? He's a franchise player, but no one's out there trying to pay him like one because why? Because like Gasecki, Schultz, those guys are at, they're not tight ends. They're big Fs. They're receivers that line up. They don't they they can't block the edge. They can't block. They can block support, and you, they've got to be in the right system. Like for me, like the Chargers, you know, you would think they would be interested in Dalton Schultz, but yeah. they have no cap room. No, and maybe that's advice to somebody like a Tony Pollard who's been franchise tagged. You work out a deal this offseason. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're if you're a running back, you should try to do a deal because you know longevity of your position isn't very good. You're not getting another bite of the apple. Yeah, like no, that's so where one bite you get. You get you know, like it's hard to come back. Like look at Zeke, he got the big bite, but he ain't getting another one. We're going to take another break, and we will get to some of these guys who are looking at Bites at the Apple on the other side is the GM Shuffle. Is there any rigatoni left over, Michael? We're trying to figure that out with some of these guys here, and <sighs> I think an interesting part about free agency, now that we're into week two of it, this is a tweet from Josina Anderson, covers the league for CBS Sports HQ. She tweeted out yesterday evening, just spoke to an NFL agent not happy about all these one-year deals being handed out. And I think that's kind of to the point that you've brought up about, hey, sometimes these agents, they overpromise their clients. And of course then they do. unfortunately under deliver once it comes to nut cutting time. So crying to Josina is going to help. Oh, you know, like <laughs> I'm sure that every NFL team's read this tweet from Josina and said, oh, well, we're sorry. We're going to give you more contract money. Like, like it's, it's a capitalistic system. Like you're out there. Mm-hmm. You've got to play your hand the right way. You're going to cry to a reporter about, oh, I'm not happy with these one-year deals. There's collusion. There's no collusion. Your client either is going to get it or he's not. And you you overpriced the market. you got to figure out what it is. That's like I said, Rosenhaus, he gets it. Boom. You don't want to do a deal? Okay, he's going to do a deal. He'll sign more probably minimum deals or close to minimum deals because he knows the market's collapsing. And the one thing you want to do is get your guy in there before the draft. Because once the draft happens, oh, the then all of out. a sudden everybody's drinking draft Kool-Aid. Everybody thinks, oh, this guy's great. You know, how many times I've heard scouts say, you know, after the summer training camp, oh, we're going to be able to get a bunch of draft picks for all these guys we're going to cut. Of course, they get none of them, right? But that's the mentality, right? And so, <laughs> like, there's no market. If your guy's not signed in the first – if your phone's not ringing off the wall – Right, like mm-hmm. Jesse Bates's was, or Almayora was. They, like those guys had a lot of teams after them. I don't know about Bates, but I know that the the, the Almanora did. But you gotta you gotta capitalize on it right away. But if you think you're waiting for your deal to come down, it's not gonna happen. I was talking to a team. They've got a, a a player that you know they've offered him two million a year, and he's like, oh, I think I'm gonna get two five. You haven't gotten two five yet. You better take the two or else you're not going to get the two. It might be one five. Exactly. And I think this is, and the cry into Josina isn't going to help you at all. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. And I almost wonder, because you mentioned Drew Rosenhaus. He's obviously been working with teams for yeah, years. Yeah, and I don't even talk to Drew. Decades. So, like, that's a, that, that, yeah. like, well, that's, I'm that's not, the new thing. <laughs> oh, Drew probably reps Michael. No, I, I don't even <laughs> talk to Drew. Like, to me, I, I, I admire Drew. Two things. What Drew was able to do was he brought, he drew was the first guy 
to really in the league, in, in sports, in agents representative of the NFL, that was 24-7. Because he used he was the first cell phone number that you could still get in contact. You didn't have to go through an office. There was a time he had to go through the office. Mm. Right? You had to call the office and, you know, hey, is Lee Steinberg in, you know, yep. and then, you know, you get through all the protocols, right? He all of a sudden, 305, 936, you know, whatever his number was, right? You called it and you got him right away. And then then it was 24-7 business. So, like, he's been on, you know, and that's how he's done it. But I only bring him up because he's really good at understanding the market. And when a deal happens, he makes it. And now, if he says to you and you offer him a a, a, a shitty one-year deal, you're like, man, I ain't taking that deal. I got more out there. You you believe him. Like, mm. don't – he's not bluffing. Yeah. That's my point. He's not bluffing. Like, Sexton's not going to bluff either. He either knows or he doesn't. You know, like, I got to take this deal. Or there's some guys that can drive some interest up or they think they're going to get a deal down the road or they have a contact in the building. Hey, we're going to eventually get to it. Just hold on. But you got to be careful. I, I almost think this turns into kind of like when – the clients, they get that pitch from the agent saying, hey, we can get you this number over this many years. Just be patient. And all of a sudden, it doesn't happen. That's when some of the players get mad, and then they'll fire the agent. Right. Stuff. They're like, hey, you, like, what you, the hell? You didn't get They overpromise and under-deliver. Under it's the, it's, the, worst thing it's the worst thing you can do. But that's what happens. And so this guy crying to Jacina, not Jacina's fault. She's going to put it out no, there. Just, but like, 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 seriously, a oh, one-year deal? Like, here's what's funny about that comment. Don't you want to always be in the marketplace? Like, don't you always want to be in the marketplace? What happens if your guy hits and becomes great? Now you're free. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at James Bradbury last year. I mean, he signs the one-year deal with Philadelphia late in the offseason, and then Eagles liked how he played. Now he gets his money, three-year deal. I mean, it, it's it, you can always do the prove-it deal and, and play and then get the money. So no doubt. It it's just depends on whether you can stay healthy and roll the dice, which is why I think a lot of guys don't like it because they want the money guaranteed over the longer years right. versus the injury risk of the, of the sport of football. But let's talk about some guys who are looking for deals still out in the market, big-name players. Right. we got to figure out who wants them. And we're going to start with wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Beckham missed all of last year dealing with the ACL injury. He was rehabbing. Now he's 100%. He seems to be good to go. He put out the video in Arizona working out, making catches. He had the nice one-handed grab on a go route, you know, doing all the Odell Beckham stuff that we all know and love. Who wants him out there in the market? Well, I'm sure people want him. I'm sure there's teams that want him, but I'm sure there's teams that have a price fixed on him. That's the difference. It's not, I don't want him. It's like, can I afford him? You know, will I pay $5 million for the guy? No. Will I pay four? Maybe there's some teams. So there's a level of teams that would pay four. There's probably a team that would pay two and a half. There's no team paying 10 or else he would have done a deal by now. So like there's levels. To say no team's interested is wrong. Mm -hmm. But to say teams are interested at the, where he wants to be paid is probably not happening. Besides, the other thing that we don't know, when he took a physical back in February or back in January, he was six weeks out from being able to work out. Like, that was a whole PR campaign. So, like, I'm sure there's teams that would love to have him, but they got to have him at the right number, not at his number. And I think that's the why this is going to wait. And I love it because, you know, Odell Beckham, he's never going to kind of He's going to speak his mind, which I love about him because I think we should all speak our minds and, and, and defend yourself. He tweeted earlier last week, I've never even heard of this wine before because that tells you what pay grade that I'm in. But he said they want to try Mouton but pay box wine price for it. 
I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Mouton or Mouton. It's like Chateau Mouton or something like that. It's, I just Googled it. It's like a $7,000 bottle of wine or something like that. But Well, that's the, you know, that's a great thing. Like, is he Mouton? He was one time a really good player. Mm-hmm. I used to argue, on, when my first time I started doing podcasts, I did it with Nick Wright. Nick Wright thought he was the greatest football player in the history of all sports. Like, like we would have this debate every week about Odell. How Odell, like, I don't even think, Odell's not a Hall of Fame player. Like, Inter- he's not a Hall of Fame player. Career. Like, like he's not an elite player anymore. He's a good player, but he's not an elite. He's not Mouton. Like, and that's the hardest thing that football people have to try to do is is to convince an older player he's not the same player. It's hard to do. It's why Phil Jackson didn't want to coach Kobe because he knew that Kobe wasn't going to accept that he wasn't great, that he wasn't the same guy. He wasn't going to accept it. It's hard, and and I think it's it's an, it's admirable for a player to feel that way, but it's a hard on the team. Like and it translates into dollars. They feel like you're screwing them. You're just like, do you have any sense that if I sign Odell Beckham that he's going to be great? I don't. I don't think he was great for the Rams. I know he wasn't great for Cleveland, right, when they cut him. He wasn't a good player there. They, he struggled to catch the ball. He didn't, he didn't have the juice in his lower body. He's coming off of two ACLs. He's going to have juice in his lower body? Like, he was once great. Remember, you know, again, Tony Soprano, remember when's the lowest form of conversation. When you start to remember a win about a player and you pay them based on remember when, you're going to be out of work. And now, I thought Odell was good in L.A. because he was instrumental on that Super Bowl run. I think he had a touchdown catch in every single he one did. of his playoff games. But you could tell that, like, he didn't have the same juice that he had with the Giants. Like, that, that was, no, a, he hasn't that was had a totally that different Odell. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. had that juice since he's been traded. He's been more yeah. of a worldwide leader promotional campaign that everybody gets wrapped around it. I mean, how many games did he win with Cleveland when they had Odell, when they had Jarvis Landry and all that? Now, they, of course, they didn't have a great quarterback. I was going to say that quarterback might have played You know, but I, I, my point here is simply this. You can't pay for a player that was once good. It's like Zeke. Zeke's a really good. I mean, I would love to have Zeke in my on my team. Mm-hmm. Love Zeke. I, I think Zeke's a great leader. I think Zeke can catch the ball. I think he can pass for all those things. He's just not an elite player. Like we got to come to a resolution on what's the number for Zeke. And based on the running back market, where guys are taking even Jamal Williams seventeen touchdowns, he didn't get a big deal. Like these guys are not getting big. That's what makes this Giants and the Barkley thing seems like if the Giants go and pay Barkley all this money. Like, I get that they franchise them and protect them. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But to go out there and then extend them four years when there's so many backs in the marketplace that you can get for cheap, like, he's not above and beyond all these. Uh, he's better than Zeke, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he's not above and beyond. He's not better than some, like, Alec Madison went back to Minnesota. I mean, Dalvin Cook, they're trying to get rid of him at $10 million in terms of they would move him because they, they feel like their cap situation. I think Cook's worth his money. I do. Mm-hmm. I think Eckler, who's out there in the market, would you rather have Eckler at six or or would you rather have Barkley, Barkley at oh, 10? Eckler. Eckler all of day. course. So there's options. Once you realize there's options, you know, that that's it. That's why you got to swoop back in on Justin Fields because if he thinks there's options and go with Dan O, you're going to lose out. <laughs> Fields, remember who your day one was. Yeah. All right. Remember he, better know, he better know who loves him the most. Not, not Danny come lately. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Danny, I can change in a minute here. Uh, Beckham and Zeke, are you hearing any teams that are, I mean, like, I, I think we had Jordan Schultz on, on the Lombardi line earlier this week, and he talked about the Jets, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the teams that were interested. Cowboys always get thrown out there, but they just picked up Cooks. I think Cowboys are out of the Beckham sweepstakes. 
uh, anything that you hear on Odell. I mean, I think Odell, I think Buffalo was in play last year. They, oh, yeah, that's they right. cut Buffalo McKenzie. Well. They cut McKenzie, which was surprising, but there's something there. I, I would suspect that. But a lot, of, all of this is going to be predicated on health. Is like, mm-hmm. and there's risk involved. Like, you know, you just don't give away five million dollars. You know, I say this all the time. They don't give away free houses in Beverly Hills. I know that sounds strange, but they don't. You're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to show you can do it. There's a lot of guys that had good years. Like, Mac Hollins for the Raiders had a really good year this year. He mm-hmm. he had more catches this year than he did his entire career. Okay, why isn't he getting paid? Because people sense, well, was it one year? Was it because Devontae – like, there's re, like, do you want to pay for that great kid, but he's 30 years old? Like, there's a little bit of a market that you have to say, do I want to pay for one-year production? And I think that's the issue. He's a big body receiver. Atlanta has so many big pass catchers. We'll see how that works out in Atlanta. How about DeAndre Hopkins? Because it sounds like he is available for trade. If you want to pick up the phone, call Monty Austin Fort. You might be able to work out a deal for DeAndre Hopkins. He's played his last three seasons in Arizona. Came off the suspension this year, so he only played in nine games. 64 receptions, 717 yards, three touchdowns that he caught. He hasn't caught double-digit touchdowns since 2018. It never is, he's never been a burner, but he's still a really good contested catch guy, I feel like. Right, but, you know, there's things that you got to deal with. He wants a new contract, mm-hmm. you know, so you want to pay him more money? You know, he's never really open, but he catches everything that's thrown to him. How What, what kind of teammate is he? How does the locker room adapt? All those things, to me, make it very difficult for Monty to trade him. And Monty could trade him, but that's step A. Step B is how do you deal with the contract? I mean, why do you think Ramsey went for a third? Because he wanted that money. He wanted the money, and the, and as soon as he wanted the money, everybody dropped out. Like there were plenty of teams that would have paid to keep Ramsey on his current deal more than a more than a three. But remember, when you're trading, it's the player and the contract they come together. And if the player wants more money, you say, well, he's got no choice but to come. Well, now all of a sudden you're taking their problem. And you're inheriting their yeah. problem. Why would you take on problems you don't want? Doesn't seem smart. No. <laughs> Doesn't seem, seem smart at all. So Hopkins, I, I don't know who's going to go out there. I know there was talk of New England with DeAndre Hopkins, but ever since they signed Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't know if they would still be interested. Uh, but Bill O'Brien's in New England. They're not going to take, take that. That's, that's a very good point. I mean, Bill O'Brien a, knows Hopkins better than anybody. That's a very and he good traded point. him for reasons that have yet to be revealed. That could be a 30 for 30. Maybe it makes your book? <laughs> My next one, yeah. <laughs> How about Bobby Wagner? Played one season with the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously a Hall of Fame career for Bobby Wagner, but he's kind of on the back nine. Maybe he's on 16, 17, perhaps maybe 18. Do you think he reunites in Seattle with them having a little bit of a linebacker need? Well, you know, because of the injury to Brooks, Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know, it depends on, again, would they want Bobby on their team? Probably. Would they want Bobby at 5 million? No. Would they, you know, that's all about, the contract, the contract for Wagner is more important than the player, because if you're overpaying for him, you still need a player. You know, it's a one-year fix. So that's the problem with this guy. It's like you know, they're, they're like, who wants them? Well, a lot of teams want them, but do they want them at what number? Everybody has a different price point now. We are in the price point part of free agency. Yeah, I want them but I don't want him at this number. I would like Mac Hollins, but I don't want him at eight. I'll take him. If he's willing to take three, I will. Gasecki, I don't want him at eight. I'll get him five. You know, it's that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. That's where we are. And the same thing with Wagner. But you know when you take the guy that's been cut two years in a row because he's kind of getting towards the end, 
you worried about him being able to do what you want him to do. Again, it goes back to, will I need an inside linebacker if I sign Wagner? Ask that question. Now, he was productive last year. He stayed healthy, 140 tackles, six sacks, two interceptions. He's one of the better leaders in the NFL. Just I covered him for a couple of years in Seattle. He's as good a guy as you could talk to, and you don't want to pay for someone that you fall in love with, but he's the kind of guy you want in your locker right. room. And the Seahawks but have professed their point. love for him. It's a price point, though. But yeah, that it's is a, true. It's all about the price. You know, love comes with a price. You know, how much do I love you will come with a price, and I think that that's clearly the case here. You know, and so it's easy to say, hey, look, Hopkins would love to have him on the team. Assuming that all this stuff off, I get that, but I don't want to. I don't want to redo his contract. I don't want that burden. You know, Wagner, if he wanted a minimum deal, I'm sure every team would oh, want yeah. him on the team. Yeah. But he's not going to take a minimum. Yeah. He's not going to take a minimum deal. And then even if he does take a lower deal, he feels inadequate. He feels it's hard. Those guys, like, what am I doing this for on a minimum deal? I better off just quitting. That's fair. That's I mean, the hard part. That is the hard part. How about uh, Jadavian Clowney? He feels like he's on the. Who wants him Hall of Fame team or the, the All Star I mean, squad? I mean, look, he, he's back in the market. He had two years ago. He was better. It's always again. He'll have a hard time passing physicals for a lot of teams. His knees are beat up. His shoulders beat up. It'll be hard. I mean, for him to think he's going to get money is it, this has been going on for Clowney for a while. He's been out there trying to get money and haven't been able to get it. Two sacks last year, one forced fumble. That's playing, playing opposite play Miles Garrett. Yeah, exactly. And they and they knew they needed upgrades, so they got rid of him. That's the other thing teams got to understand. They got rid of him, and they need a rusher. When you when a team gets rid of a guy that needs it, when a team gets rid of an offensive lineman that needs offensive lineman, what does that tell you about the lineman? Not anything good. <laughs> Not anything good. Uh, what are you up to the rest of the week? So I've got today I'm going to Calgary mm-hmm. to speak at a book, uh, a BEX convention. It's a leadership thing for the book. So I'll be up there Tuesday, back here Wednesday, and uh, hopefully I'm going to go see the Must Bus. There we go. Go see him here in Vegas on Thursday at 4.15 this time. The Must Bus, Arkansas is playing uh, uh, UConn, which would be a hell yeah, of a game, huh? Must Bus rolling in here to Congratulations Vegas. on your TCU win, the way you snuck that oh one through. God, never in was, doubt, was it? Never in doubt. <laughs> the, the things that I was yelling when they accidentally fouled with .7 seconds left, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then for that kid to just roll it on up there, take that shot. If I ever run into that young man, Drinks on me. <laughs> Drinks on me. On the house. <laughs> Drinks are on the house. Real quick, though, something to look forward to later this week as free agency is starting to wrap up. We got the pro days coming up for yeah. these quarterbacks. Wednesday is is Bryce Young's pro day. Yes, Wednesday is Bryce Young. C- or No, sorry, C.J. Stroud is Wednesday. Young is Thursday. And then you have Will Levis Friday. There you go. So, so we'll have a lot to talk about. So like draft season, it's draft season's already underway, but it's really going to kick off yeah, with this, these quarterback pro I days. would say by the end of this week, the teams that the Carolina will have a more definitive because Carolina is going to fly into Ohio State the night before, mm-hmm. and they're going to do everything. C.J. Stroud is going to give them all the things he wants. They want, so they're going to be able to spend as much time with them as they can. Then they're, when they go to Alabama, they're going to spend as much time with Bryce Young as they want. Everybody else is going to have to fit their schedule in because Carolina's got the first pick, and then and then the same thing with Levitt. So, but I think by the end of the weekend, they'll have enough data. The medicals will be back from Indy, so they'll be able to start formulating their opinion. Yeah, I think we'll start to fear, start to hear the, the hey, rumbling. They really love so and so, and all that. They're going to take these guys out to dinner, the whole bang. 
of the of the pro day deal so we'll be looking out for that you'll be back in vegas for thursday to do this thing in bet. person again right absolutely i'll be All back right. here i'm not going anywhere femi <laughs> love it that does it for this edition of the gm shuffle thank you to our producer elliot bowman with us on the ones and twos thank you to DraftKings. thank you to Vison. thank you to you guys subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast michael i'll talk to you thursday thank you femi